You can now hear Film Actually on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly on your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or WebOS device. The latest episode is always available for you. No syncing needed, no memory wasted. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. They all gone? Yeah. When that guy took off, why'd you chase him? We already had Jang in the back seat. I don't like loose ends. Is this your idea of relaxing? Wine and gun maintenance? There's another glass in the kitchen. It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. What man's got Make love in a hammock. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Actually, episode 95 for the 30th of July, 2012. And hopefully, if all my guests are still here, I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined by Josh Philpott. Are you here? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We're having some Skype issues here. Josh, how are you tonight? I am still here and, and fighting along strong and hard. Fantastic. And Richard Gray, are you with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, good. Thank God. (laughs) We could do this all night. We could. This could be a fun game. (laughs) Yeah, it could be really boring for the people listening to the show. Very possibly. Lots of dead space. (laughs) Uh, This is Film Actually, the official movie podcast of GeekActually.com. This week, we are going to be reviewing Magic Mike, the uh, new Steven Soderbergh film. Uh, we're also going to get Josh's opinions on The Dark Knight Rises in our What We've Been Watching section, and we have a brand new list of five, which uh, we kind of came up with because of Magic Mike, uh, which is five actors slash actresses that we never cared much about, but they're winning us over. Uh, or, or slash, they have won us over, one of the two, depending on which way you want to go. Uh, but we'll come back to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, Josh... Yeah, I'm going to hand this over to you because you weren't here last week. (laughs) And I really, I am just burning at the bit to uh, hear what your opinions of The Dark Knight Rises were. You're okay with that, Richard, aren't you? Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm not that that interested in his opinions, but you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Richard. Um, (laughs) It's always nice to know I have support. Uh, look, I will keep it brief um, uh, because really, to be honest, man, more than anything, um, I avoided this one for a reason. Um, I have avoided the hype machine on this thing entirely. I have seen one trailer. I have seen no teasers. I have seen no background footage. And I have only seen two pictures. So to me, going into this film, it was just like watching another Batman film. It wasn't the most amazing thing in the world ever and going to be heartbreaking if it wasn't good. So I don't share the views that the more violent-tempered people that I know have got. I did not think this was a bad film. I think it's a film with a huge amount of problems and it needs a good lot of trimming um, because the uh, probably end of the first act, start of the second act, drags really heavily. And I think that it needed a little bit more life than it had. But other than that, I enjoyed the film. Can I, can I interject here and say, Richard, does this sound familiar? 
Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much sounds like last week's show. It though. does, I doesn't it? <laughs> I actually avoided it on purpose because I wanted to possibly start, you know, either a fight or at least try and work some level of normality. No, in the I, show. I think but I can. Here. I can think I can speak for Richard here uh, as well when I say that our basic opinion of the film was. It's a fitting conclusion to the Batman franchise. I'm just going to sum up an hour's worth of show last week. I'll say <laughs> a fitting conclusion to a Batman franchise doesn't really stand alone as a film on its own right and has numerous problems. But mm. we both said, uh, overall, we enjoyed the film. It was all right. Exactly, and that was the funny thing about it. Um, what I thought was more interesting, though, was uh, when I left the cinema today to a film we'll be talking about later on in the show, um, I realized that, Perhaps my experience wasn't as great as I thought it was, though, because the film that we will be talking about soon definitely impacted me a lot more than this film did. So when I look at it, I go, it's an average comic book film. And I mean that with a little bit of jab attached to it. It's like, it's not the epic conclusion I hoped it would be, but it was a fitting conclusion. I think you really got that word nailed. It was Mm. fitting. It was what it needed to be. I think that there's... There's a lot of things that I was like, eh, I could get really uptight about that, but that's really just my nerd senses going on. Well, we off. got really nitpicky last week, uh, probably a little bit too nitpicky, but I mean, that, but that was the problem is, is once you start scraping at the scab that is this film, it, you start to find a lot of problems. You know? Yes, I actually... I actually read you were talking. We were talking over on the news show about a uh, story about you know where was the Joker during all of this, and that that is was was one of our little nitpicky things that we, yeah. we brought up. But um, there is actually one of the things that we did pick apart was the the ending. We thought it was a little twee, and I don't want to get into spoilers here, but there are a lot of articles floating around at the moment saying that that ending is open to interpretation, and if that's the case. Um, I actually like the film a lot more interpreting it in a, in a slightly different way. I have heard mm. one interesting interpretation of the ending, which we won't give away, which I kind of went, okay, but that's kind of stupid. And that's the problem I have is I actually didn't, this is a superhero film. This is not, this is not 2001. I don't want it open to interpretation. I want to mm. be entertained. Are we not entertained? I want to be entertained by pop, pop fluff you know what i mean it's like give me a superhero film <laughs> i don't need inception for this film i yeah. needed batman you know? <laughs> i just wanted a really solid batman film and i think i got about half of that yeah. i think i think i think i got about 50 percent what i want and 50 percent what i needed and to be honest it like it's very easy to play the kind of bitter child and be like well it wasn't the film i wanted it to be um but realistically i mean it's not Awful. Like I've I've met and read reviews from friends as well that have been biting and nasty, and I can see their point of view. I read the articles, and I'm like, there. Those are definitely problems with the film. I just don't know whether the hate is really needing to be attached to it. Like I just mm. I don't think I don't think there's enough there to really be angry about that film. Oh, but it's if bizarre you... because it's either hate or the love is so much it's almost overwhelming. Yeah, and some and of the some of the fr- initial reviews that came out. There was actually a guy who gave it a negative review uh, from its press screenings, and I'd heard about this today, and it actually spun me out. I didn't realize this was actually going on. Apparently, a whole bunch of early press reviews that hit Rotten Tomatoes it had a hundred percent rating in its first week before it had come out, and mm. all these people were re- gushing about this film. And then this one reviewer gave it dared to give it a negative review brought the score down a little bit because he gave it this negative. People were flaming him so bad on Rotten Tomatoes, they closed the comment fields. Oh, wow. 
You know, it's like you sit there and go, what the hell's going on? It's a movie. Get over it, you know? <laughs> anyway. Oh, man, you would hate to be that guy, though, wouldn't you? Just, oh, yeah. God. The, the, that was the you, wasn't of- it, Richard? Hmm? What was that? I said, that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it, it was me, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, to... that's it. We need to move on. Um, I'm I'm sorry for taking up so much time, but yes, that's what I thought of the Dark Knight. I'll just add one more thing to that. Um, earlier today, I actually recorded uh, the Little Geek, my son. He wanted to give his opinions on the Dark Knight. We're going to tag that at the end of the show. Uh, his is actually spoiler riddled, so if you haven't seen it, don't listen to the last ten minutes. Uh, but uh, it's interesting because his opinion is kind of shared. His his opinion at 13 years old is very much like the rest of us. He had the same kind of problems. Mm, mm, mm. So there are, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they're glaring issues. There are a few issues in this that are glaring issues where you sit there and you look at them and you go, boy, it just, if it wasn't for that, it would have been a masterpiece. Mm. You know, that there's just all these little things that just kind of drag it down because you sit there and go, if you, if you start questioning it that much, and I'm, Richard and I have both seen it twice, and when you start questioning it that much, you start to go, well, you know, you shouldn't have to question that much. Mm. It shouldn't have to work mm. that hard. It's not like two where, and look, again, I'm not one of these people, like, there there are things that I have problems with in the second film as well, but um, I look at it and I go, I could infinitely watch the second one. I don't think I will probably watch that third film more than one more time. Well, I don't think, see, I would probably watch it more than once, but I don't think I would ever watch it if I wasn't uh, slamming the entire trilogy. Exactly. I would never sit that... down and watch it on its own, you know, it's like because it, yeah. it doesn't work as a standalone. Yeah. Anyway, so it's good to know that we're all kind of on the same page with that. Because mm. <laughs> we, we weren't, Josh, we all agreed that you'd be out of the club if you disagreed with us. So. <laughs> I, I, I was worried that something I might say on this show might actually end up being my last thing I ever said. <laughs> yeah, we, would... we would have uh, closed off all comments from you. Oh, re- oh Josh, we fought harder than that, I doubt. <laughs> I go back, let, let's go back to the uh, Inglorious Bastards episode. You'll go, fucking pay for that episode. <laughs> go back and listen to that episode. Boy, we fought on that one. Why would I pay? We had a different opinion. I liked it. You didn't. <laughs> you know, a... I'll fight you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I have to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not film, actually. It was actually one of the uh, earlier Geek Actually episodes where the film was incorporated into the Geek Actually. But if you go back and listen, we actually go at it. <laughs> a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'll never listen to it. I listen to the ones that I'm on. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should move on to our feature review. What do you think? Uh, yeah, sure. I think we should do this. I think we should uh, let's talk about this film because uh, I'm curious to hear what everybody has to say about this. All right, so uh, feature film this week is Magic Mike, uh, written uh, sorry, directed by Steven Soderbergh, written by Reed Carolyn, uh, and starring. Uh, okay, let's say Channing Tatum is the star. Absolutely, we know that. But Olivia Munn, Alex Pettifer, uh, uh, James Martin Kelly, Cody Horn. Sorry, let me take that one back. The cardboard cutout that is Cody Horn. Uh, I think you're editorializing a little bit there, Dad. It's my show. I can do that all I want. I think we know where we stand. I never claimed claimed to be news. Uh, And, of course, the MVP of this film, which was Matthew McConaughey. Uh, All right, all right, all right. (laughs) I feel a lot of love breakers up in here. Uh, All right. Uh, According to IMDb, you're going to love this one. Are you ready? One sentence. That's all they give it. They say, a male stripper teaches a young performer how to party, pick up women, and make easy money. That's it. (laughs) That's that's definitely one 
part of the film. I'm gonna I say guess. that that that's very surface. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, <laughs> is that really on? Did, where did you say you found that? That's IMDb. So uh, uh, that, what? That's terrible. <laughs> that's their entire yeah. synopsis. I love it. All right, let's have a listen to the trailer, and we'll come back and talk about it. Good evening. You live here? Yeah. Yeah. What's your name? Kim. Kim, can you move back for me, please? We keep getting complaints of noise and underage drinking. Everybody sit down. We're going to be here for a while. You don't have anything sharp on you that I can stick myself with, do you? No. Good. Because I do. The businesses that I manage, they deal exclusively in cash. Busy guy. <laughs> we welcome the stage, the one, the only. Magic Mike. You are the husband that they never had. You are that dreamboat guy that never came along. Yeah, that's a cool table. But you made that? Hmm? You should sell these things. That's actually the idea. My sister? Mike. Uh, oh, nice one. Mike. How do you know my brother? I'm an entrepreneur. I uh, manage a few businesses. I'm trying to hit on my sister. Okay, uh, good talk. Entrepreneur stripper or stripper entrepreneur? Either one. I was hoping this was all a joke. Uh, it's pretty funny. I'm just trying to figure out why stripping. Women, money, and a good time. Just try not to forget about the people who exist in the daylight. The non-vampires. Right. Are we fighting? <laughs> Is this our first fight? <laughs> so if you could do the one thing that makes you the happiest every morning. The custom furniture. Custom furniture. So you must be really good with your hands. I just can't be on your lifestyle. Am I Magic Mike right now talking to you? I'm not my lifestyle. Do you believe what you're saying right now? that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. Wow, that's a lot of ones. There were some fives in there. Oh, okay. No yeah. 20s? Uh, you don't want to know what I have to do for 20s. So you're going to come to show tonight? No. You're going to come to show tonight? No. You just said over there that you like the show. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to go again. I don't all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think this is uh, this is the year of not only uh, um, uh, Channing Tatum, but let's face it, Matthew McConaughey is on a roll. He's mm. got another movie coming out in a couple of weeks called Bernie, which he's great in, and Killer Joe, which may never get released here, and and it's amazing. It's three for three for this guy. If he doesn't get an Academy Award this year, I'm I'm quitting the business forever. <laughs> no, you're not. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> bold statement. All right, let's kick this off. Who wants to start? Uh, well, who's I up? Know, okay. All right. I, I just literally saw it like less than a couple of hours ago. So okay, so um, you literally saw it less than a couple of hours ago. <laughs> I saw it last night, and Richard, you saw it when? I saw it. Oh, you saw it last night. Well, I saw it last week. Last week. All right. So we got a nice spacing there. Okay. So, uh, Josh, what did you think of Magic Mike? Well, uh, sort of. Uh, it, it's one of those weird things for me where um, I I'm kind of hit and miss when it comes to films like this. Like, uh, you know, you're you're selling that trailer doesn't work for me very well. Like at all. 
um, because I have this huge um, problem with uh, with really happy-go-lucky trailers like that for films that actually have a little bit of depth. Mm. Um, and sort of like I would have never, and this is something that was very apparent, very apparent to me when I was actually um, uh, going to the cinema, was that this is the kind of film that a lot of people are going to miss. And they're going to miss it because it seems like something uh, that, 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 that's very simplistic, very, very superficial, kind of like a fun, happy-go-lucky kind of a film. But I actually found this film felt to me a lot like the adult version of a family fun film, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> it's sort of like when I walked out the end of this, I, I actually was on a high. Like, um, I had no idea going in. Like, I mean, I, I saw parts of that trailer I could have got into, but we both know that um, Channing Tatum has not been one of my strong lead front guys. No, mine um, either. No, and um, I, I think it was really curious to kind of see him in this role, sort of, um, uh, it, it, you know, playing somebody that uh, that is very much him, but kind of uh, being given a little bit more. I was going to say um, we should we should point out that this is actually based on or based loosely on his life, uh, so we we need to stress that because this is he produced it and um, it is kind of he's talking about how he got his start in the whole thing. So mm-hmm. so it is it's not a it's not a biopic as such, but it is loosely based on his life. So and that adds weight to it. Now I just exactly. wanna, I just wanna just cross one thing that you just said though, Josh. We haven't got foreign totals in because it's only just starting to open around the world now. But mm. for a film that you think nobody's gonna see, uh it costs seven million dollars to make. It's already made a hundred and seven million dollars. Oh look, dude, and I I <laughs> I hope for the best with this film. I really do because going into the cinema, it was like, look, I think people are going to see it, man. But when I sorry, I should have uh, I should have been a bit clearer with that. I think as a male, I look at it and I go, I think that some people are going to go, no, I'm not going to see this. You can go with your girlfriends. Mm. You know, that's the feeling I get about this because um, it seems like a whole bunch of dudes standing up on stage pulling their clothes off um the thing that all i found right, all right all right <laughs> and though though i have no nothing no problem with that um it, it's the kind of thing where it's like it would be the easiest reason for you to not go and see this film and um it's really sad because as far as the film goes um it's very well paced um like it, it wastes no time it's always got something happening it's a very fun very lively film but I love the uh, the progression of this film. I love the fact that sort of towards the middle stage of this thing, it's no longer comical or even um, sort of like a laughing game, the stripping that's happening on stage. The actual film itself, and Soderbergh's done really well at capturing the kind of concept that it goes from you watching them on stage and everybody in the cinema laughing about it, and as this film goes along and, you know, sort of lives unravel and things start to spiral into different directions, they start focusing really on the crowd and how kind of manic and sort of grabby and, and, and things they are, and it's it really changes the tone it's of the really film really well. It's really interesting as well because this film is so well done in the club when we're actually in the club doing the dance numbers and stuff that it's infectious and man it is amazing the audience that i saw it with was probably about uh, it was a full house and it was probably uh 70 percent women and they were cheering and hooting and hollering the whole way through this film and all i thought was boy this is like they were actually at one of these clubs you know, exactly. and it was a, it was an amazing experience. <laughs> I think they really nailed that down. Um, what did you think, Richard? 
Yeah, look, I mean, Soderbergh, I, I've sort of gone off a bit the last couple of years because he's done these really big, uh, you know, hyperlinked films like Contagion. And even Haywire was kind of like, had about 40 characters and most of them turned up for three seconds. So I was really <laughs> pleased to see him sort of come back to a really intimate film like this. Mm. Yes. Cause, cause just, can we it, both agree that that's just where he's much better? Well, I'm thinking oh, about this is, this is his roots. This is where you, like, sex lies and videotape. Exactly like what that. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, 30, 20 years ago, he did, um, or more than 20 years ago, he did uh, uh, Sex, Lessons, Video. Oh, wait, no, 1992, that was. Yeah, so. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so all the way back then, he did Sex, Lessons, Video tape, and that was set in Louisiana, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's just shifted over to Tampa <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in those several decades. But I think I think that's kind of. He's gone back to his roots because that's what he's good at, and he's and that's what you you see the big fancy flashy stuff in the movie, and those scenes are excellent. Those oh, dude, are really, I'm gonna really cor- I'm gonna correct you and say 1989. So 1989, or even earlier. <laughs> yeah, wow, uh, I'll have to do the 80s bits, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so he, he's and, and all that time he's been making films, you know, and he's gone off and made because he's Steven Soderbergh, he can basically get any cast member he wants, and he does. For yeah. every film. Like, he gets everybody he wants for every film. Mm. So for him to actually go back and just do this, essentially, uh, two-hander of a character piece between, uh, it's both either between Channing Tatum and um, uh, Cody Horn or between Channing Tatum and Alex Pettifer, um, mm. is just such a revelation. for Like, it's almost like he's a debut filmmaker again. Yeah, well, it, I, it just felt so different. I that was my biggest problem going in. I turned to my lovely fiance Celine and basically went, "If this is a normal Soderbergh film, I'm going to leave." <laughs> and of course, I wouldn't have because we were reviewing the film. But it's that feeling that I have. It's the same thing you were saying, uh, Richard. I really agree with that. I haven't seen good Soderbergh in so long. I've just completely gone off the man, and it was just so nice to see anything that felt small and intimate again because he works so much better when he's not dealing with 10 million people. He's done that right once or twice. But but, you know what this, yeah, but you mm. know what this felt like to me a little bit? It felt like, um, uh, it, it's sort of like on the surface, it's kind of like, you know, you've got that objectification, you know, reverse objectification of men thing. As you mm. said, all the women in the audience were hollering and hooting and stuff like that. It's kind of like, you know, this is this is about as much about stripping as Boogie Nights is about porn. Mm. And, and Boogie Nights, I've actually heard mentioned a few times in reviews when this. Exactly. It's the same kind of tone uh, between Boogie Nights. And I, I think Boogie Nights is a better film, don't get me wrong, because I... It's I, a dysfunctional family. But yeah, it's this dysfunctional family in a... In a, in a, in a field where a lot of people look down their noses at it. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's their lives and how, and, 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 and how seriously they take their craft mm. and they're really in a bubble. And it's also just that, uh, and you get this from a lot of strippers. It, it's that kind of, uh, like real sort of, um, uh, ability to kind of project the larger than lifeness. Mm. These people yeah. have confidence like no one else does. And it's sort of like, it's really interesting to watch. Um, I forget her, the actress's name, but um, uh, the kid's sister. Oh, Um, Cody Horn. That's the the one. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit about her in a minute. (laughs) But the thing that I really like is it's kind of like, no matter how hard she tries, all these snapping sort of like one line sort of knockdowns that she sends at at, uh, Mike, he's just indefeatable. 
like you can't help but just be overwhelmed by just how friendly he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's there's just a loveliness to him that that just sort of extends out to the point where everyone around him just wants to be around him and that's why I think it's such an interesting progression film-wise when you start to sort of get to the second half and things do start to change because you just start seeing a li- a man starting to make his life. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. he's been the boy for that long that He's just in that rut and has no idea how to get out of it. It's just a really interesting uh, character piece for someone that I've just never seen kind of act that honestly. You know I, what I, I mean? And this is what mm. I, I want to, one of the things I want to bring up. It's actually one of the reasons why we're doing the list that we're doing. Earlier this year, uh, Channing Tatum showed up in the film The Vow, which, like it or, or not like it, there's a differences of opinion on whether the film is actually any good or not. I actually quite liked it. There were a few people who didn't. The one thing that was the surprise in that film was the fact that Channing Tatum acted. And he mm. cried and he showed a real emotion. And I was very surprised because this is a man who I had written off. He was basically G.I. Joe and Step Up and I couldn't stand. There was nothing there. Mm. And, and uh, I, I thought, saw the vow and I thought, wow, that's really amazing. And then in seeing 21 Jump Street a few weeks ago, you guys, I, I believe Richard, you saw it months ago, but a couple mm. of weeks ago when I saw 21 Jump Street, he also showed me a sense of humor. Mm. And I thought, this is a man to start watching. And then to see this, he's, in, he's injected the sense of humor, the real emotion. The man can dance. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, he, he moves well. He has become an actor who I am seriously interested in keeping track of now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I, I even liked the, the clip that we played at the head of the show. is a very, very short clip from Haywire, which is the Soderbergh film that has Channing Tatum in it as well. And that's a clip that, where he's talking to Gina Carano. And even in that film with his little role, I was actually interested in what he was doing. And that's not even a really deep film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's going to work with Soderbergh again in a film called Bitter Pill. So, so look, I, I, think, I think the man has actually got more going on than we gave him initial credit for. His first yeah. choices in films may not have helped him a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think that was probably his fault. I mean, given that his background is as a stripper. True, um, true. I, know, step, I mean, and, and Step Up and made a, a lot of money. So As a dancer, he's probably got typecast into a certain type of role until he comes along and, and works with someone like Soderbergh, mm-hmm. who actually sees the potential in him and, and has this ability to bring out the best in, in all sorts of actors. Okay, so seeing yeah. potential in actors, on the flip side of this, can I just talk about Cody Horn for a second? Oh, we're going <laughs> to disagree on this, but yes, go That's on. all right. We're, we're, and and uh, please disagree with me all you want. But Josh, how did you feel about the sister? I thought she was a cardboard cutout. I think that that was like, and I, I, I'm sorry, Dave, but I'm going to take probably Richard's side on this and say that I think yes. like it was important for her to be that way. Now, whether or not that's a good thing, I think at the end of the film, it was interesting because that last line of dialogue that she delivers, and I won't wreck it for anyone, mm-hmm. but what she delivered, I sat there and went, that sounds like a terrible person to be in a relationship with. <laughs> and I couldn't help but feel that that was the character they were going for, whether or not her ability as an actress um, shone out or not? She was a frigid bitch. Sure, and I'm but be the, pro- the That's problem the was character that they were going for, and that may have been the case. The only problem is it didn't work for me because I got no emotion from her at all. We've got these scenes where they're trying to, where he's trying to emote to her, trying to tell his thing, and it's not that she's staring blankly or coldly at him, which is a Steven Soderbergh trademark, mind you. She's staring blankly at him. There is no life in her eyes 
at all. She is like a mannequin. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at it going, boy, you are just awful. Considering how well everybody else is doing in this film. You know mm. what I mean? With the exception, I mean, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on, on, on the kid either. I mean, he's okay, but he's outclassed in this film. Mm. Uh, but uh, I just kind of sat there going, wow, you just really aren't good. And I, I kept wondering how this girl may have actually got a career because mm. she's actually been in several things. Uh, I, I found out that uh, nepotism is alive and well in Hollywood. She's actually <laughs> the, the daughter of the chairman of Walt Disney Studios. Ha. <laughs> so uh so there may be a little bit going on there look she's pretty i'll give her that but i thought the olivia munn character was much more interesting Mm. and i would actually rather have had olivia munn play the sister yeah but look like i said he needed to have the dichotomy of the two different characters he had on one hand there was this really sexually promiscuous and experimental woman that would would have suited his life as a stripper and going forward, uh, which was Olivia Munn's character. Um, but he realized he didn't want that, you know, because she was, you know, willing all the time. And but she had this other life to go after. And on the other hand, there was this woman who didn't want him because, you know, it was despite the fact that he was on stage every night um, being wanted by women and who would stuff dollar bills down his his shorts. You know, there was this woman who who. <laughs> Who didn't want him at all, mm. and that's that's got to be appealing. You know what I mean? It's it's got to be. It's that someone, concept of winning someone over. Like that's well, essentially what he's gets, going for. Yeah, but someone who gets what they want all the time in terms of women for someone who has who isn't kind of an open book. I mean, I think that's a really interesting character. I thought I thought the scenes with them were quite natural. I thought mm. she was awkward. I didn't think that she was wooden or stiff. Yeah, I I did, it didn't sell for me, and I, you know that's all right. I mean, it just didn't sell for me though. So. Well, I'm glad you think it's okay that we disagree. So, no, we're always welcome to disagree. I mean, that, how boring would it be if we always agreed? <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> it would always be a boring thing. But I think we can all agree on Matthew McConaughey. Ah, oh, dude, Matthew McConaughey. I think this is an amazing feat. And when you talk about uh, now, I haven't seen his other two films this year, Richard. I believe you've seen them. But oh. in this particular film, I think it's an amazing feat that you can take a character as slimy as that and make him charming. Can I just talk about how awesome his apartment is in the film? He has not only a solid marble figure of his own head, um, which which anyone like that that is an absolute like that's not something you can just buy on a whim and say, oh, I just bought it because it was fun. No, you are aware of your ego. But then there's the giant poster in his house, which is like this hand painted poster of him in like the leathers, <laughs> and I was just like, that is. Beautiful, and I actually believe that Matthew McConaughey probably asked for both of those props. I wouldn't be surprised if he just brought them in for me. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Hey, I just thought I'd bring these in. I thought they might look nice in my apartment." All right, all right, all right. <laughs> He is so good. I also love uh, some of my favorite scenes in this film had to be the behind the scenes scenes. I love the strippers hanging around getting ready. I love the, the the guy who plays Tarzan, the big old butch guy with the hair, sitting there sew, sewing his G-string on the, front of the sewing yeah. machine. I, I just love one of the first shots in the film is a penis pump. Yes, off yeah. in the corner of the screen. Oh, that, uh, that was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Whole yeah. movie. Yeah, because it's the reaction on Pettifer's face with his little eye flick to the side of the screen like, what the hell is that? <laughs> 
also have to disagree with you, David, on on Alex Pettifer. I think he was actually really good, and I think he's a he's a good actor, and I think he had the the right level of dumb naivety in there. That kind of he was sort of the marky mark of this. He this didn't know. I didn't think he was dreadful. I just don't think he. I think he was outclassed by the other talent on 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 display here. I just yeah, think, but so was his character. Well, you that's know? that. He, well, he that's was, true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no, that's true. Uh, I thought the star of the film had to be the uh, pop belly pig, but that's beside. <laughs> best performance in the entire film <laughs> uh, look I think this is a film that is I think you're right Josh I think people need to give it time of day um, I think you, you uh, need I, to put aside your feelings on whether or not and it, it's exactly like in the film it's exactly like in the film you need to put aside what you see up there and just just have some fun with it it's not you know it's not serious it's not it's not it's not overwhelming, but it is. It's like an adult version of a of a family friendly film. You walk out with the same kind of a feeling. You see, you laugh, you cry, you have a bit of fun, and at the end of it, you don't walk out better or worse for the situation. And I think that's that's always a good film to go see. And there is no film out in the last couple of years that will prove to your respected better half that you are completely comfortable with your sexuality. Yeah. By going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to go on record now. If I was going yeah. to turn for somebody, it would be Matthew McConaughey. Oh, dude. You don't, don't you just worry that you might get close and he just smells like jockstrap? I know. He, <laughs> no, I reckon he smells like coconut, coconut fucking. Uh, oh, yeah, coconut <laughs> fucking tan lotion. Yes. Yeah. We love you, dude. I swear to God, we are not being mean about that. It's just, it's just, you just, you're just. You are you. He is him. Always, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Richard, it would be a, a, a close second though. If I if I was going to turn, I don't know. Channing Tatum might win me over. He's charming. I don't know if, if I get. I tell you what. I will turn and get them in a sandwich. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it was like if it was like me, McConaughey, and uh, and Tatum in a conga line, no. and McConaughey was playing the bongos. You know. <laughs> I'd just love to go on record, Richard, to say that we have that um, live on camera now, and if we ever have to do an interview with either of those people, we're um, playing. That. I'm definitely. Bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. I'm. I'm just going to stop. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. Just uh, make sure that you mention that time that you were talking about sandwiching. You know, I just think that would be great. <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> All right, so let's round this up. I don't think we need a spoiler zone for this. I mean, it, it's, no. it's, it's a drama. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like it's not a lot of, like, twists and turns in this plot. Uh, but I will say that um, I would recommend this. Nick Fury turns up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would recommend this highly to people. I think don't. Take the tra- I mean, the trailer actually won me over because I thought the trailer looked like a lot of fun, but that is not the film. No. The film is actually a drama that happens to have a lot of dancing and, and good music in it, and it's a lot of fun, but it is a drama, and it's very Soderbergh, and there's lots of long long and uh, um, um, deep, meaningful glances at each other like all good Soderbergh films, um, and it's great. It's, re- it's a really good film all about uh, a person trying to learn to grow mm. and, and get out of what he is working in, you know, and I think that is a really interesting uh, plot line to follow, and Tatum is charming. Yeah, he really is. His scene with the bank woman is fabulous. Oh, yes. You know, it's just a fabulous scene because you can see that she's 
she wants to help him because she's charmed by him, but she's torn by the fact that she's also rule bound. <laughs> exactly. He gets some he gets some real ability to kind of sit across a little bit more than just the heartthrob, you know, uh heartbroken person. He gets a little bit more depth in this. And it's like if somebody can give him maybe another role with just even a little bit more depth, maybe we'll see just how uh how far his abilities go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you, like you were saying, Dave, I have my eye on him now. I, I do, really indeed. do. I do indeed. I, he's he's I definitely certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Richard. Nice one. <laughs> All right, Richard, are you going to recommend this? I yeah, highly recommend this one. Cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We got some feedback. Oh, do, do we? Yeah, we do. Uh, Mike from Canada wrote to us. Now, uh, Mike from Canada wrote to us and said, Hey, guys, I don't know how to summarize my feelings about The Dark Knight Rises other than I agree with Richard. Food for thought. Batman was never much of a detective. I think you should just leave it there, David. (laughs) (laughs) Batman was never much of a detective in Nolan's trilogy. In The Dark Knight Returns, all the detective work was done by Gordon Levitt, and this just doesn't seem right. Mike from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Well said, man. As always, it's good to hear his uh, typing voice. Absolutely. Uh, We also got this one. uh, Where is it? Hold on. I I seem to have lost it now. Oh, here it is. If you remember last week, Richard, I, I mentioned the fact that I won this copy of this Justin Bieber stupid movie and it's sitting on my shelf and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, one. Yeah, one. Sure. Well, we got an email from David uh, who actually writes, sure you didn't buy and haven't watched the Justin Bieber movie. Sure. We know you've watched it a million times and treasure it like a geek treasures his Star Wars VHS where Han Solo shoots first. I do treasure that, actually. <laughs> yeah, we I hate that. you for owning that. Uh, owning what? The Justin Bieber movie? No, the other one. <laughs> I was about to say, you can have it if you want it. <laughs> now, we also got a very long, long, long email from Rachel Atkinson who, which, uh, from the Funky Film Show, which I cannot read on air right now because it's just way long. But uh, she does actually encourage everybody to go over and listen to her show, um, which if you live in Fremantle, uh, you can listen to it on Radio Fremantle or you can go to RadioFremantle.com <coughs> uh, uh, every Thursday night onwards and you can listen to the back episode. So you should do that because I actually have listened to her show a couple times and they're a lot of fun she does say don't listen to the last episode though because she didn't feel well and it wasn't a good episode <laughs> so, go, go figure but anyway there you go <laughs> anyway there you go all right that's enough for feedback right now um how do you guys feel about doing a list oh, oh yeah, yeah. do we have to i can, I can handle it i can handle you it can handle I'll, I'll take one for the team on this one let's do it <laughs> i think josh already has a chatting tatum in a sandwich or something didn't he didn't he talk about that <laughs> no, that was richard dave oh richard, richard i know it's getting late who was that who on. did i just say josh no that yeah. wasn't yeah not you richard that's i'm josh yeah you're that's josh richard <laughs> wow why, it, don't, why don't we all get in the sandwich like we could be a bit of a conga <laughs> <laughs> we, we like... could have chatting tatum at the front no it'd, be, it'd have to be mcconaughey up the front on the bongos <laughs> it'd be it'd be tatum bringing up the rear and uh, no, that's. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to continue with this conversation. Well done, Richard. I <laughs> have just single handedly changed our demographic. You should be thanking me for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All righty. Let's move on. So, our list- <laughs> I'm going to ignore all of that. Let's move on. Our list of five this week five actors, actresses that we never really cared about or we didn't really give a time of day, but they're winning us over or have won us over. Uh, well, we're thinking about getting them in a conga line sandwich. And while we're thinking about getting them in a conga line sandwich. Now, I've kind of, this was a harder list than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> really? It was, because I started to go through it and I'm going, 
yeah, well, you know, and, and actually managed to find a lot of actors who circled around. I found a lot of actors I still dislike. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of actors I still dislike. There's a lot of actors I actually found who circled around where I went, I, just, I, I didn't I, like them, they proved themselves, and I really got interested in them, and then they started to suck again. <laughs> it's like, I've, I, I've kind of tried to leave it as an overall thing, so a lot of my actors are uh, kind of uh, from a uh, from last generation, if not further back. All right, fair enough. Mine are all actually relatively recent. There's a couple that might be a little bit older, but that's all right. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's try this. Let's see how this goes. And I'm going to start with Richard this week. Number five, Richard. I, I thought okay, I, this was this was mostly a sausage fest when I first wrote this list. So I, I tried to consciously put in a few women. So I thought of Mila Kunis, right? <laughs> because on that '70s show, she was annoying as hell. Um, she's the whiny voice of Meg, and in the Book of Eli, she's pretty terrible. But Black Swan really turned me around on her. Mm. That's fair. Although I've always had a little bit of a soft spot because my first experience with her was forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I yeah, well, liked she's her good in that. in that. And she's also, I think, between Sarah Marshall, um, Black Swan, and recently Ted, I think she's got a good balance of, of different types of yeah, roles. Yeah, no, I can go with so, that. Yeah, no, I can, yeah. Go, I can go with her. Uh, now, the, the big test, the big litmus test on this one will be Josh because Josh never liked Mila Kunis. Mm. How are you feeling about her nowadays? I can't be mean to her because, like, she's the voice of Meg, and I find Meg annoying, but um, I find her voice, like, that's the thing, I find her voice annoying, but I, I feel myself sort of saying, well, that's not really a reason to hate somebody, so, yes, it um, it, it, look, it's, it, I still, there's something about, it's a pitch and tone thing, like, I get really irritated by radios that are off station, and it's like her voice is just one of those tones that <laughs> kind of starts to give me a migraine if if I watch an entire <laughs> film. But look, she can act. She is great, and she is funny, and she has an awesome sense of humor. So take that as you will, Dave. Fair enough. That's the best I'm going to give you. Okay. Josh, what's your number five? My number five is Juliette Lewis. Now, I... I you you know yeah what, yeah wow. I, I'm, 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 no I'm thinking interesting choice I'm just trying to I'm, I'm listening for your justification That's okay now when I first when I my first run of films with this girl and it was just the worst picks of everything it was just like California that's the one starting yeah, with yeah, K, yeah, yeah. and and Natural Born Killers which I fucking hate I just think that's an awful <laughs> I'm right there with you man I'm right there oh, with you dude I I could I can see reasons why people like it and I still will never like it um but it, it, it's sort of I got those and then funnily enough I actually saw her live in concert um with Juliet and the Licks and um from then I started to go there seems to be a bit more depth than the bimbo that I've kind of seen portrayed on screen and um, started watching some of her more recent films and some of her better acclaimed films for roles. And, uh, yeah, she stopped annoying me, and I actually started kind of liking her. It's interesting, because the reason why I went kind of quiet is because I actually kind of experienced Juliette Lewis from the beginning. And mm. so for me, it was Cape Fear and uh, the Woody Allen film. What was it, Husbands and Wives? The last film I saw her in Sorry? was, was, uh, was actually Cape Fear. Yeah, which was like her first film. Exactly. And so it's like I I watched it when she was younger and I actually thought she was really interesting and she's actually begun to annoy me over the years (laughs) rather than get better. So so it's an opposite effect for me. 
Yeah, no, it was just just as a not 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 progression wise chronologically. If I had watched her films chronologically, I probably would be annoyed. Yeah, but I actually I just got one of those weird situations where I saw her better films later. That's interesting. That's very interesting indeed. Uh, mm. My number five is actually very recent. Uh, I'm going to say Scarlett Johansson. Uh, mm-hmm. because I've never, I mean, she's pretty, but I've never really, I thought she was just vapid. You know what I mean? But I really liked her in <clears> the <throat> Avengers. And yeah. I really liked the fact that she actually kind of got kind of ballsy in that film. And I actually kind of thought I'm, I'm willing to give this girl more now. I'm willing to see what she does. Mm. Even though I didn't think she was very good in the same character in Iron Man 2. But see, I quite liked yeah. her in Iron Man 2 as well. See, I didn't um, think she was very good. I think she just had really good writing in, uh, Avengers, and it'll be interesting to see if the character turns up again, not written by Joss Whedon. That's true. That's true. So, as I say, yeah. I'm curious to give her the time of day, though. You know, what yeah, I mean? that's true. So, and that's that's why I put her on my list. Um, all right, Richard, number four, uh, Channing Tatum, for all the reasons we've mentioned. Fair enough. He's a little higher on my list, so we'll come back. To I him. thought he might be. Yeah, we'll come back. To him. Normally, I don't put the person on the list who inspires the list or the film that inspired the list, but. I mean, he was the reason for this list. So yeah, he's an obvious one. He had to be on here. But yeah, we've talked about him in depth. And yes, so, okay, so Chang Tatum. Josh, your number four? Justin Timberlake. Interesting. Yeah. Justin Timberlake was just one of those dudes. Look, in times, put us back on a little bit of beef. We've, we've got some oh, beef right now. Oh, and friends with benefits. What? And friends uh, with benefits. I didn't see that, <laughs> and that's why. It's like the Juliette Lewis thing, dude. That film will probably never get seen, therefore it doesn't count. Um, but yeah, no, look, I, I have seen enough I've seen enough acting and enough really good comedy shit that this guy has done through Saturday Night Live, etc., that I have turned around a lot on Justin Timberlake from the days when I would have when I was a young brooding teenager and just wanted to hit him. Just because, you know, I was a young, brooding teenager, I did, no, no, nothing more than that. Fair enough, know? fair enough. I can understand Yeah, that. he was pretty and, you know, you weren't at that age. So you were just like, <laughs> fuck you. I've and got, he had such pretty curly hair. Yeah, I, I've, got one of those, I've got one of those pretty boys a bit far, further up my list. Not him, but another one. Mm. <laughs> so uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's an interesting choice because, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think he was proving himself to be a very, very interesting actor. He's stumbled a bit this year. Mm, yeah, um, but so, again, everybody gets a pass, so he's got one film pass. I know there's two. Shut up, Dave. Um, he's got one <laughs> film pass, and we'll see what he does. Well, I actually, now. I actually didn't hate In Time. Um, I <laughs> uh, no, I didn't hate. I didn't hate it. I, I, it was, <laughs> it's not great, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, 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 I quite liked it. Oh, there oh, you go. Fuck, yeah, I'll stab <laughs> you both. Although <laughs> Friends with Benefits, is, Friends with Benefits is a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, funnily enough, was Mila Kunis. What the fuck as is well. wrong with you guys? In time, really? It was all right. That vacuous, empty model shop, freaking nothing of a film it was, was all fun. right. It was kind of fun. I, I will say that it didn't. You know, it, it got rid of Olivia Wilde far too quickly. I agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. But it did have a lot of Amanda Seyfried, and I, you know, I like that too. So. Oh God! <laughs> Moving now, she's that. someone who started out annoying me and continues to annoy me. And continues to annoy me. Oh dear! All right. So my number four is actually a funny one, and I have to justify this because I have to say that it's actually not every film because I, I, he's a comedian, and I don't give him really a pass for his comedy because I don't think he's that funny. But when it, if I ever see him do another dramatic role. I will be there because it's Will Ferrell. And mm-hmm. I actually don't like Will Ferrell very much, but I love Great Odin's beard. <laughs> but I loved Stranger Than Fiction. Mm. I've not seen it. 
And I thought Stranger Than Fiction was a really interesting chance for him to actually flex a dramatic muscle, even though it's still got funny moments in it. It is a it is a drama. And I actually think that there is a lot of potential in him to do more of this, and I just wish somebody would hire him to do it. Mm. Because Stranger Than Fiction is actually a really good film. So I am going to give him a pass if I see him do something where he's going to be cast in a drama again, I would well, be there. Well, look, man, you've got nothing to worry about. I mean, the campaign's coming up soon, so... Oh, God. I don't know. I saw the trailer for that the other day. I'm really not sure about that film. <laughs> I, I was kidding. You know I what? Kidding. Kidding. I will literally put hot fucking coals down my pants before I'll go and watch that right, film. But you do realize that that week, we were talking about this earlier on, that week we've got a choice of doing the Australian film, the Sapphires, or the campaign. <laughs> It's not a pretty week. <laughs> uh, we'll Things I do for you people. <laughs> we'll come back to that in a later show. We'll try and figure out what we're going to do that week. See uh, what happens if Josh will put hot coals down <laughs> <laughs> uh, i got to tell you, though, I, also, I saw three Australian film previews in a row at the screening of Magic Mike, and one of them, I can't uh, even remember what the title was. One of them was The Sapphires, which actually doesn't look too bad, and the third one was Kath and Kimberella. Uh, one of them probably was Mental. With Tony Collette? That's the one. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, that looked a little bit chaotic for me, I think. But um, um, I'm not sure about it. I'm not a big Tony Collette fan. But Sapphire looked okay. But Nobody I, is. No, that's true. <laughs> and then I saw the trailer for Kath and Kimberella and almost had to walk out of the cinema. It was terrible. Seriously, how does Tony Collette keep getting work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you were the nastiest person alive. <laughs> not that I disagree with you. I just, I think I'm, she, just, I'm just putting it out there. I can't think of a single time where I've thought, you know who was really good in that? Tony Collette. <laughs> I think she should be cast opposite Cody Horn in a film. <laughs> you guys are being nasty now. Back to the list. All right. That's nothing to do with your list. <laughs> Richard, you're number three. My number three um, is Gwyneth Paltrow. Interesting and choice, yes. Of course, is someone I couldn't stand for years, but God damn it, she's Pepper Potts. And she's great as Pepper Potts. And she's awesome as Pe- Pepper Potts. So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I've turned around because she's she's brought something to that character each time. And in the Avengers, it was like my favorite version of Pepper Potts, too. And so, she, yeah, she was funny. She was really yeah. good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of potential. I've actually liked her a little bit more than you, I think. Uh, but I never thought she was stellar. But I think as Pepper Potts, she's fantastic. Mm. So, uh, exactly. yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Josh, you're number three. Michael Douglas. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, I hate young Michael Douglas. I still do. Um, I'm not a huge fan of pretty much most of the stuff he's done. I don't know why. There's something about him at that age that he just, he wasn't aged well enough. He's like a fine wine. He just <laughs> needed a few more years just to get a little bit older looking. And uh, when he started to hit a period of time where sort of like, Way past Black Rain here. <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking like you know, uh, like like his more later career, like Traffic and things like that, where he could just deliver these amazing speeches just on cue, and that's the guy I love. Whereas the earlier stuff, I just wasn't a fan. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. I've actually always kind of liked the younger Michael Douglas more than the older Michael Douglas myself. That's period. I, you're, just, I, you're just really determined to disagree with me today yeah of course <laughs> i think i think it's both of us josh i think yeah, I know. he made it clear before it's his show yeah <laughs> and you know there's nothing we can really do to, 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 
<laughs> I'm allowed to disagree. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, my number three is going to be considered sacrilegious uh, by some, but I, I have to kind of explain. My number three is actually Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Um, because I actually wasn't a huge fan of Meryl Streep in the early days, so like the Sophie's Choice days and stuff like that. Um, I actually thought, yes, okay, she might be a magnificent actress. She can do all the accents and everything else. I just wasn't particularly thrilled by what she was doing. It was actually from like the River Wild onwards days where I th- she discovered I discovered she had a sense of humor and she started to do different roles and started to take chances and started to have a bit of fun with her career. And now I find that I actually have to watch Meryl Streep films whenever they come out because I actually really like her as a personality now. Mm. Um, But I wasn't so thrilled with her earlier stuff when she was getting all the acclaim. I mean, I found Out of Africa ponderous. Mm. There you go. I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Richard, you're going to disagree with me. I I will disagree with you, but... um... She's someone I now find a bit patchy. I, See, I adore that, her that, now. That's, uh, sorry? <laughs> I adore her now. <laughs> well, I mean, Iron Lady was one of the f- worst films I've, I've seen in, in years. Yeah, and but I liked her. her. I her didn't like the film. Her performance was great in it, but it bordered on caricature. Yeah. You know? And she did with Julia and Julia as well. Oh, well, like, yeah, but know, I will, I'll defend that film because I know Julia Child as well. I grew up with her. You know, no, I, no, no. I, well, I grew up what, watching Julia Child. She was amazing. I was going to say, how well did she know? Yeah, no, I didn't actually grow up with her. She wasn't my mother or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up watching <laughs> Julia Child, and she was Julia Child. I mean, it was an amazing performance. But it, it is, but it, it's, it's a, it, it, was a, it was an imitation, I found, rather than a, a, a full character. Mm. And uh, and I think she, like a lot of people, kind of strayed down that path a little bit. That said, when she still delivers a knockout performance, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they, they're not ones I thought were particularly good. Yeah, but I found her a little bit ponderous in the early days. Fair enough. That's personal opinion. Anyway, and as I say, it's kind of sacrilegious. People are going to write me hate mail now. Meryl Streep's a god. No, she's not, really. <laughs> Richard, you're number two. <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. I got more. Um, Jim Carrey. I, oh, yeah, he's so close to being on my list. <laughs> because I tell you what, I hated, hated, hated his early films. I actually refused to see most of his early films. I love The Mask. I got, that's like, when I... I got like halfway through Ace Ventura, walked out. I, I really, really hated all that stuff because I just thought he was doing the same thing over and over again. It was juvenile, ridiculous humor. And unfortunately, he still gets cast in a lot of those roles. But mm-hmm. when he de- gets a dramatic role, much like Will Ferrell, uh, something like Eternal Shun- Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or a good comedic role like I Love You, Philip Morris. Or Truman Show. Or The Truman Show. He is amazing. Yeah, I was actually I was actually going to put him on my list. I got to tell you, I was, was going to put him on my list, but the film that actually turned me around on this man was actually a telly movie. So because of that, I kind of disqualified him. But you're right. I mean, I absolutely agree with you 100. percent But he did a telly movie called Doing Time on Maple Drive early in his career, uh, and he he plays the alcoholic older brother in this dysfunctional family, and he is brilliant. Interesting. And I sat there and I, I saw that. This was actually shortly after uh, The Masked Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura. And then he suddenly showed up in this telly movie. And I watched it and I just went, oh, my God, the man can act. You know? And uh, I, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. When, I, when he actually gets given something that's a little bit meaty to dig his teeth into, he yeah. is actually really talented. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. No, right there with you on that one. As I say, almost so close on my list. 
I put Will Ferrell on instead. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Josh, you're number two. <laughs> uh, number two, funnily enough, Channing Tatum. I've got to hate you for this a lot, Dave, but um, yeah, the kid's starting to win me over, man. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I really want to see what he's got in him now. Like, like more than ever, like, actually, the next film I see with him in it, I will just go and see. Yeah, I yeah. won't question it, and I never thought he would hit that period of actors, but, um, yeah, I've got my eye on him. Yeah, me too, and uh, he's still higher on my list. <laughs> um, all right, uh, my number two is uh, one of Josh's favorites, actually, is Leonardo DiCaprio. Because I actually hate young Leonardo DiCaprio. I really, I, I never actually got the uh, appeal of Leonardo. I didn't like Romeo and Juliet. I didn't like him in Titanic. I didn't even particularly like him in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I actually found him incredibly annoying. Where everybody loved him, I didn't. It was actually much later. I think he's growing into himself, and I actually. Ew. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> I actually think he is basically he is growing into his talent, and I think that now I find him much more watchable. And I, when a, when DiCaprio is in a film, I don't go, "Oh God, it's DiCaprio." I go, oh, "Okay, it's DiCaprio." You know what I mean? It's like I'm actually there to see things like Shutter Island, uh, uh, etc., because I now actually appreciate what he's doing. Mm. And and um, yeah, so I was never a fan of of the young DiCaprio. I just found him a little bit. I think the film that started me on the turnaround was probably Catch Me If You Can. Mm. And at that point, I started going, okay, there's something a little bit something in here. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I grew up from an era of films like What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and I was just like, I was a kid at that stage, and I loved that film. Yeah, I just found I, I don't know. I I was in the wrong headspace when I saw that film. I actually really didn't like that film, and I don't know mm. why. Everybody seemed to love it around me. Mm. There you go. Anyway, there you go. All right, let's do a round of number ones. Number one for Richard. Oh God, if I if I hadn't made my sexuality questionable enough this episode, uh, <laughs> my number one is Robert Patterson. Oh my God, <laughs> Robert Patterson. No, I, I just nice. Came. I just came from Cosmopolis tonight, so um, uh, very different. I just think he's someone who was destined to be stuck in pretty boy vampire roles forever, and then suddenly he does things like um, uh, like Water for Elements, which is uh, like Water for Elements, which uh, Elephants rather, uh, which is a romantic comedy, but it was a little bit different. And then he does something like Cosmopolis, which is a David Cronenberg film. He's heading in the right direction for me, and I think I really think I'm, I'm interested in what he's got coming up next because um, he's not. He's, he's, he's clearly someone who hates his pretty boy image and is doing everything he can to get rid of it. I'm so, so glad to hear this, can I just tell you? Because in all the things I've read about him, I actually really like him. And I always felt like I, we just wait for Twilight to be over because then we can actually get something out of him. Because I always thought there might be more there. Yeah, look, mm. and I think uh, uh, this, this, this film, Cosmopolis, you know, is, uh, the, the film will divide audiences completely. But you certainly won't look at Patterson the same way again after it. Nice. Cool. I think we have to review that on the show when it comes out. Uh, it comes out. Uh, n- next week, so the same time as Abraham Lincoln Vampire. Well, what we might do is we might push it a week because the following week there's nothing there. So, well, there you go. Let's but we that. might do that because uh, let's face it, Cronenberg is always worth having a look at. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. So yeah, yeah Robert straight. Patterson, the first and maybe only time Robert Patterson will make one of my lists. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what's your number one? 
Top that one. <laughs> and you know what? I, it's one that I think all of you can at least agree that he grew on you over time. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, damn straight. Well, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go on a, I'm out on a limb and say I've loved him since the first time I ever saw him. So. I fucking, like, it, but he played pricks in a lot of films that I used to but see But he him played in such it. good pricks. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that doesn't mean that I'm immediately going to jump to that person. Which brings me back to my conga line. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There had to be at least one more in there. But yes, yeah, so that, that was my number no, one. great choice Robert Downey Jr he's the man and of course my number one I keep alluding to it is going to be Channing Tatum and I think it's just purely because he's the biggest surprise of the year mm. uh, it, his performances over the course of this year have been a revelation <laughs> it's been like what the hell where'd this come from you know it's like it started with the vow it's when Richard and I went to see that that screening of the vow we kind of went he acted mm. it was right, and I think you and I David at that screening were the only one to who sort of went that was good. Wasn't yeah, it was. It, it was an alright <laughs> film. <laughs> you know, everybody else hated it, but we actually thought it was alright. And and it was because Channing Tatum sold it. And I mean, it's, I always remember that line in um, Seinfeld where uh, uh, they come back. This guy who refuses to watch Edward Scissorhands and then comes back and goes, "Johnny Depp, he making me cry." <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way. It's like you know, the, the movie The Vow had problems, but. Tatum gave it his all, and I just, you know, I thought this guy was great in it. And I felt for the character because I felt for him, you know, it was great. Absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. And from there to 21 Jump Street and now to Magic Mike, I just go, this guy's, this guy's on a roll. Let's see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see how he goes. Well, that's our list, everybody. If you have, a, if you have an actor that you have uh, kind of warmed up to, send me in. Let, 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 send, uh, send us an email. Let us know who it was because I'm always curious to hear what people have to say out there. Uh, feedback at filmactually.com. Dudes, that's a show. Dude. How about Is that? It? I think so. Let's talk about some stuff. Let's basically say that if you agree or disagree with anything we had to say on this show today, you can send your feedback to filmactually.com or send us voicemail 02801131167 or our Skype ID is Geek Actually. Uh, Richard, tell us where we can find more about you. You can find more about me on my website, which is therealbits.com. That's the R-E-E-L bits.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. Uh, please like The Real Bits on Facebook as well. Cool. And Josh? RoddyLC.com is a gaming website. You should head over there and check it out. There's all sorts of gaming stuff over there. <laughs> Just stuff. I like that. Just stuff. Fair enough. And you can find out more about me, of course, at geekactually.com because that's where this show is actually hosted. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Twitter uh, at David McVeigh. We also have some friends out there we should mention very quickly. Our friends, The Real Junkies. Uh, they do a podcast every week where they review films as well, but they drink a little bit of tequila while they're doing it. You can find it on iTunes, R-E-E-L, Junkies, or at their homepage, weekendronin.com, uh, which is a webpage that I've always loved the name of. Uh, <laughs> just love, love, it rolls off the tongue. Uh, now stay tuned at the end of this episode because after we play out a little bit of the music uh, we're going to actually have the little geek come in he's going to tell us about his feelings about Dark Knight we open the show with a clip from Steven Soderbergh's Haywire as I said we are closing the show with I Have No Idea it'll probably be a track off the Magic Mike soundtrack (laughs) I I haven't planned that far (laughs) but it'll probably be a track off the Magic Mike soundtrack anything to add guys Uh, don't seem no that's your bit no I got nothing (laughs) (laughs) Richard Um, don't uh, try and get into a conga line with Matthew McConaughey and Channing Tatum because you'll find Richard there (laughs) 
You're, and that won't be pretty for anyone. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I don't not. want to see anything to do with that. In fact, can we finish the show? Before now? this goes any further, I'm going to say go see more movies. You don't see enough movies. And all of life's questions are answered in the movies. And we will see you all next week with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>it's not over yet now i'm joined by nicholas mcveigh because he couldn't join us last week how are you nicholas i'm very good thank you that's good for those who don't know nicholas is my son and we refer to him as the little geek because he's like a little mini me and he, <laughs> jo- <laughs> and he joins us uh whenever we do a film that is uh either age specific aimed at his uh, at his demographic or it's just some sort of super e- uber geek thing like a superhero yep. thing or something yep. like that and this week he's uh joining us because he couldn't join us last because we recorded so late at night uh, for his opinions on The Dark Knight Rises. Now, yeah, yeah, before we go any further, though, I think we should stress that this is going to be a spoiler riddled. Spoiler alert! (laughs) Spoiler alert. This is a spoiler riddled. uh, You don't have your soundboard. No, I don't have my soundboard up at the moment. Uh, We just call it from the beginning. So for the next 10 minutes. So for the next 10 minutes, we're just going to have Nicholas here, and he's going to give us his opinions of Dark Knight. If you have not seen The Dark Knight Rises... Yeah, uh, go see it first. Yeah, yeah. you might want to stop now, and uh, you can always pick up and listen to the last 10 minutes here uh, at another time. So, Nicholas, let's start. Without further ado, spoiler warnings are out there. Um, What did you think of The Dark Knight Rises? I thought it was was pretty good, but it wasn't as good as, um, you know, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. That's interesting. It's been getting really... uh, uh, mixed uh, reviews and people are either are praising it like it's it's like you know something better than you know yeah, I heard a, I heard a Whatever, review on the, ra- on the radio that they like said it was the best film of the year <laughs> or the other side of people were going really really disappointing yeah so you're kind of like in the middle yeah I am a bit in the middle there's parts of it that I'm I really enjoyed and there are parts of it and there are parts of it that I uh I, I didn't really like that much. Okay, so let, let's uh, let's tackle this a little bit and basically say, overall, uh, what was your enjoyment of the film? Um, well, I, I like I like um, a, a lot of the film actually. Um, <clears throat> I like. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, I like um, the um, uh, how he comes back and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I um, kind of like how I kind of like how um, there's like this whole scene with. Uh, this is just one of them. It's like it's like he goes to um, Mr. Fox and stuff and talks about like the this um the power energy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. forgot what it's called again. The the reactor. The yeah. reactor, yeah. But then Mr. Fox is like, and that's it. <laughs> it's like these usually end with a, um, a weird um, a weird request. Weird, yeah. A weird request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now that was a cute scene. Yeah. And he's basically saying, "No, I'm retired." He goes, "Let's have a look. We need ways." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that a lot. Um, and I and I really like the huge epic action scene at the end, and even like the fight with Bane and Batman in the middle of the film was pretty good too. All right, so tell me, uh, you're you're a big superhero person. Yeah. Um. This year, we've been given uh, The Avengers, 
The Amazing yep. Spider-Man, and now The Dark Knight Rises. So I think I know which one your favorite is, but let's let's rank these. Um, okay. Um what does what do you let's, mean? Let's let's make them favorite to least favorite. Alright, um I think Avengers, of course, top favorite. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> um uh, I actually I'm trying to decide between um Spider Man and the Dark Knight. Which oh, one really? should be second okay. or third? Um I guess the Dark Knight Rises maybe just I I like most of it. So I uh, yeah, it's Dark Dark Knight then I will Spider-Man. ask yourself this, which is the one that you're gonna go back and watch more often? Oh, actually, yeah, I think Spider Man though. Because really? like it's I don't know, maybe it's just the length of this, but it's like I don't know, it's like a whole journey. It is an investment in time. I mean, three hours or two hours, 45 minutes, whatever it is. It's a long film. There's no doubt about it. Of course, I'll watch it at least once every year, like Mm, I usually mm. do. But, like, I usually do that for all the films. That's (laughs) true. All right, so so my questions are the the fact that it didn't rank up there with The Dark Knight and Batman Begins for you. What is it that actually you didn't like about the film? Well, I... Most of it is actually the ending because, I, um, of course, it's spoiler. Yeah, I spoiler zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the ending I found uh, like first of all, um, um, uh, when um, uh, what's her Talia? Talia. I, I went mind blank for a second. Yeah. Ta- when Talia Gull um comes um into the pit, into the thing and everything, it's almost like Bane turns into like a henchman, and he's been like the most. Evil. He's been really yeah. That's something a, I said in my review a, a last week. Yeah. Evil villain throughout the whole film, and he was he. You do not want to mess with him. Um, and then, at, well, I guess you still don't want to mess with him, but still, um, it's like he was the per, he was the man yeah. and everything. And then, like, um, and then uh, once um, Talia's there, it's like okay, I'll do your bidding, Talia. Cool. <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm kind and like I, I I didn't like that that much. Like. At least, if they wanted to do that, um, they sh- he should have still been equal. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I agree. I, I was actually one of the things I said in my review last week, where I said that I just felt like Bane had all of his power taken away in one scene. It was like yeah. he, he went from super powerful to basically laying on the ground, tearing up. I know. Um, and it was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, wait, sorry. What were your thoughts on? Batman lighting up the big flaming bat symbol on the bridge. I actually thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. yeah? But but now, but still the ice would have melted. Well, though. okay, the ice would might have melted, but our Richard and I had a thought last week though. One of the things that kind of irritated us. When did he have time to put that bat symbol on the bridge? When did he have time to get back from that um from <laughs> from that country? Well, actually, he had days because if you remember at one point they actually talk about 21 days left on the bomb when he's in the prison. When he gets back to Gotham, there's only 12 hours left. Oh, okay. So they actually kind of counted for the fact that there was 20 days in there where he was traveling. So we can kind of forgive that. How he got back, who knows. But then he got back with 12 hours to spare and had the time to climb up the bridge in his overalls and paint a giant bat symbol, (laughs) a perfect bat symbol, mind you, in flammable liquid. (laughs) I just thought, when, when, when did you do this? And... There weren't things like you know people suffering and dying that he could have been helping yeah, during this yeah. time. No, he no he he, he rather um, make a, the bats. It was more important that he got up there, and yeah. it's a dramatic moment and it looks terrific. Yeah. But when you think about the logic behind that, you sit there and go, "That's not right." Uh, and that brings us on to the other thing I didn't like about the ending yes. is um okay um 
he has the he has the bomb. Yeah. Um, and he travels, and it's super dramatic. It's super sad. He he then and then he's going to blow up with the bomb, and there's this one last shot with him going in in the cockpit. Just I don't know. I don't know what he's flying did. along. Yeah, just yeah. flying along, and then boom, and then he's and then everyone's like, oh. Batman's dead, and then Bruce Wayne has his funeral. There's Bruce Wayne's funeral and everything, and then, and then we he- hear about um, Morgan um, Morgan Freeman, um, Mr. Fox. Yep. Finds out that it was autopilot, but how did they? How did they know? It's like, isn't the like ship in in pieces or something? Well, I would assume that's probably another one. Oh yeah, another. Anyway, um, autopilot, um, and um. And the fact that the autopilot was fixed. Yeah, and the autopilot. But they still didn't show when he would have actually gotten out. No, I, I, I was, I'm getting to that. And then Alfred sees him at the start, and it's like, but how did he get out? Is it, like, I, I, I mean, seriously. Like, we're not talking about any explosion. We're talking about yeah. an atomic freaking bomb. Yeah, we're no. talking about a bomb that would have had a, a huge blast radius. And he would have had, I mean, even if he got out two seconds, three seconds before, it still would have been within the blast radius. Yeah, no, it's like he, he couldn't just parachute out. Just <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, I thought that was actually. Really, I actually thought that uh, Christopher Nolan was going to do it. I actually thought he was going to kill Batman. Yeah. And I thought. That's brilliant. That, uh, that, that that's actually, the conclusion. That would have been better, actually. Because all the way through it, there's lines in the film where they say things like, you've given everything to Gotham, and he says, not everything, not yet. Basically saying, I haven't given my life for this. And then if you take it back to Batman The Dark Knight, uh, where you have that line Harvey Dent says, where he says, you either live... What is it? You live, live as the hero... Live or- long enough to... Um, no, no, wait. Li- uh, live long... Um, no, die as a hero or live long enough to become to see yourself become the villain. That's or right, or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like all these hints basically saying that when we get to the end of this, Batman will fulfill his destiny, which is he'll save the city, but he's going to die. Yeah. Yeah? And and he'll, he'll die saving the city, basically. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. And then they tacked on that one extra scene. Not one scene that we needed. I know he should. I think he should have just died. I, I agree. I think. I think they wimped out at the end. That should have been the end of the film. Him dying, statue unveiled, even to the you know the Joseph Gordon-Levitt reveal. Yeah. Um, you could have had the funeral for Bruce Wayne, and and you even could have had Commissioner Gordon discovering the spotlight with the bat symbol on yeah. it because that could have been in line yeah. for Gordon-Levitt and so forth. But no, they had to go that one extra scene. That actually spoiled it, which just basically kind of put. I well, said this two, on, I, well, two actually because of the autopilot thing. And, but and you could have even had the autopilot yeah. thing because that would have left doubt. Yeah. You just didn't need to yeah. see Bruce, you know. And the thing is, for me, that was like that thing where they just put the big happy bow on the end. I know. You know, and you sit there and go, "I didn't need the big happy bow. I was happy with that film." Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. I, um, yeah. Mm, no, I no, I'm right there with you, and I and I believe so. But anyway, so but look, bottom line, uh, with its flaws and everything else, I said in the review that I actually quite enjoyed the film. Yeah, same same here. Um, it's still not a standalone one, but it's, yeah, 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 it's a good conclusion. It's a good to conclusion. This whole thing. Yeah. Um, would you recommend it to friends? Um. Yeah. Yes, I would. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. I would. Excellent. All right, but uh, is there? Would you? Would you tell them they have to see the other Batman films, or yeah. just could they go see this now? 
Um, I tell them they have to see the other ones because it's kind. Of, I don't know. It's like even though they do sh- when they're like referring to the other film, they do show a clip, but it's, it's still you still have to kind of. Yeah, you kind of have to see the other yeah. ones. I, I've said that before. This it doesn't stand alone. Yeah. All right, so Nicholas, tell me about what you're doing with yourself at the moment. Um, a lot. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, um, I'm going. To, I'm like working on this um video for a contest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a Lego Superman video sometime. I'm um work. I'm working on um a Justice League film next year and films to be before that, like such as Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Flash. Um, yeah. So I've got a lot. Excellent, excellent. For those who don't know, and I mean, most of you do know because we've talked about you a lot, uh, Nicholas makes animated films using Lego characters. And yeah. He does a lot of superhero stuff. And a lot Batman. Of, <laughs> a lot of Batman stuff. Um, and you should check out his channel at uh, youtube.com forward slash Nikki McVeigh. Um, it's got a lot of good stuff on there. And you're entering a competition soon, so it should yeah. be interesting to find out more about that as well as time goes on. Yeah, um, but but if you're an animator, um, I'm not telling you the competition. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's that that's a uh, good sportsmanship. <laughs> but I don't want anyone to enter. Oh, fair enough. That's okay. This is where this is where lots of people. They, you'll probably find out eventually somehow. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me on this little. Uh, oh yeah, and I forgot to say yeah. my actual website. My oh, that's right. Your website is uh, well, it's still kind of under construction. But you no, know, I mean you... not my website. YouTube. It's I just... said it. Did you say it? Yeah, I did. I said it. It was YouTube.com. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. McVay. Yeah, you never listen to me. You really don't ever listen <laughs> Nicholas, thank you very much. Uh, uh, we'll see you at the next event. What's the next event for us? Do we know? Um, Maybe the Hobbit? No. No, it could be Is the Hobbit. They'll, they'll, no, there'll be stuff before be, then. Be stuff. We'll find something for yeah. you. It's all right. All right. <laughs> well, that's the last superheroes for this, for that's this it. year. That's superhero season brought to a conclusion. And uh, we'll reconvene next year for uh, Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 and uh, Thor and, and Thor Man too. of Steel. Yep. yep. It should be oh, and, uh, and, Man of Steel. Forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I think I might have found out who, how Batman survived. Yeah. Um, Superman saved him, yeah. Oh, Superman yeah, saved yeah, him. Yeah. All right, well, okay. That's if they're in the same universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're trying to build their Justice League now. Yeah. Uh, fair no, enough. They're not building it yeah, with no. Christopher Nolan's Batman, that's for sure. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. We'll see, we'll see you next time. See ya. All right.